This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains no spoilers, but mentions of the Serpent and Dove trilogy, Priory of the Orange Tree, the Rebel Mages, specifically Light Mage, and We Hunt the Flame. There's also discussion surrounding grief, trauma, and violence. And welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing We Free the Stars, book two in the Sands of Aralia duology. And we have something to say right up front. We both we both read this through the audio experience. And I, I really think it... It was completely different. I think it was completely different from the first... When I read the first book, We Hunt the Flame, I read it in conjunction with the, the traditional reading. I had the book, and I was listening to the audio. And I feel like for this read... And I, and I love the narrators. The narrators are so good, and they're so soothing. But this book... and. I'm just going to speak for myself. I don't know about you, Laura. It took me a lot longer to read this book because those narrators, their voices are so soothing that you would listen to them or I would listen to them. And I it was just like calming white noise that I would find myself listening to, like if I was working and I would have to rewind it a lot and go back because I missed out some key things that were happening. And it just made me think of our audio versus traditional reading episode. And then further the experiment that we did with Serpent and Dove and Blood and Honey, like this, the trilogy of would we have a different reading experience, like reading experience of the story if it was one or the other? And I, I feel like that was the case with that one, this one. I agree with you a thousand million percent. So yeah. Okay. Up front, the narrators are, as you said, fantastic. They are soothing, comforting, lulling. They put me to sleep in the best way. Like, this is not a criticism. They are very, very good. They are like... And they're the same ones from the first book, too. They're like a blanket, like, on my heart and soul. And it's so nice. But... I um, had to rewind a lot. I did not know what was going on for a lot of this book. Um, The way that the chapters kind of end and the way that the narrators kind of, um, I don't know, like... I I, I agree with you because the end with the audio book, this is strictly because of the audio audio experience. Sometimes the chapter would end and it felt so abrupt yeah. Like you were missing something. And then I feel like if I had seen that on paper, I would have known it was a end scene and yeah. then go on to the next chapter. Yeah, exactly. And the example that I have for this is uh, when Zephira and um, Nasir are on the horse and they're riding and she she says something like, oh, and I took his hand. And then it's Nasir's chapter. It's like chapter da 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 da. I think it was like seventy seven. Yeah, I know which one because yeah. I got to it too. Yeah, and I was like, "What? Wait, what? What?" 
And then I had to, you know, rewind like minutes, minutes and minutes. And then I got to it again and I was like, uh, oh, I, it, it was okay. Okay. And then, <laughs> I, and then I moved on, but I agree with you. I feel like I, um, had to stop and start a lot. And then there are gaps kind of in my, um, I think I have described my memory when I go through a book is like a Rolodex. There are, um, chunks that are missing here for me personally. This Rolodex is a little bit thinner for you than other ones, are you saying? It is. It is. You know, and um, that that's that's okay. I, I feel like that's okay. There are books that will hit with everybody. There are books that will hit with nobody. There are books that will hit, you know, with certain people. And there are books that just, like, don't. I don't know. I don't know. Because on paper, I love this book on paper, right? Like, if you list all these things... I love this book. It's the same thing you could say with Serpent and Dove. You love, like, on paper, it had, you know, the, the, this French set setting. You had magic. There were witches. There was intrigue. There was a chasseur. There's, there's all these things. But then when we read that book, we were like, wait, what? This, I mean, and I'm not saying it's a criticism to this book. This book had all those check marks too. I think, but the difference is, I think the audio experience altered how we took this book then, as opposed to if we read it individually. And I think a lot of people read this physically, at least from what I've seen, because they're holding their book. They love the book. It's a beautiful book, beautiful cover, not a criticism to the book at all. No, not at all. Not at all. And I do feel like if I was holding the book and I could uh, kind of appreciate these beautiful, like beautiful prose that she has, these descriptions of things and these... Um, and the quotes. These quotes and these feelings. I, I feel like I would have connected more with that. Um, I don't know why I did not connect with this in the audio. Um, you know, we'll, we'll go through this and maybe that will reveal itself as we talk this out. But... Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. But the narrators are wonderful. Just I don't I don't know. With this book, it was um, it, I don't know. So how about so then let's dive in. Let's dive in. Let's kind of work it out to say like what we loved. And maybe like you said, maybe it'll reveal itself. I know pretty much where it kind of picks up where we left off, not far in. Like, as we know, um, I'll just read, like, part of the official summary. You know, the Battle of Shar is over, the Dark Forest has fallen, and Altair may be captive. But Zephyr, Nasir, and Kifa are bound for Sultan's Keep, determined to finish the plan he set in motion, restoring the hearts of the Sisters of Old to the minarets of each caliphate, and finally returning magic to all of Arawia. But they are low on resources and allies alike, and the kingdom's teams with fear of um, with the lion. We know the lion. We know there's the silver witch. The silver witch is the mother. Like, we know the parental lineage, and we have our key characters, too, who are back. You know, I I had problems with Zephira in this book. Okay. I like Zephira as a whole, but okay, the internal dialogue of it all, I think, is my issue here. Not just with her, but it's all over. It's, it's Yeah, it, yeah, it's all over. Yeah. But but like 
if she's like our MC, because we have three POVs here, right? And she's our female MC. So like her internal dialogue, which is like so much of this book, I was just yelling at her, like, say it out loud, like, say it out loud. But then the only things I feel like that she did say out loud were what the Jawawat were like her conversations with that. And so it just made her sound crazy when she was kind of expressing herself. Um, and that was a frustration for me because, as we all know, miscommunication is my least favorite trope besides women losing their powers in pregnancy. So it was it was hard for me. I also felt that she went from a very strong, independent hunter to someone who was, like, afraid of everything and, like, questioning everything. But that is her character growth because the hours are taken away and her her whole, like, world persona is is taken away so she has to like find herself i get it and that's part in we hunt the flame too because i'll because it's even said she's like i have this power um and now i know about it before i always trusted like my gut instinct not knowing what was leading me and then she said you know and then she goes like now that i know about it it's it feels kind of forced or like there's that awareness and she was and that's consistent from the first book also Right. And then, like, magic, you know, magic is gone. And then, you know, everything that happens in the plot. But then she uses, Zafira uses, like, blood magic. And then she, no, I'll talk about it later in my favorite part. But, like, she has her, like, favorite part. Oh, my God. Okay. 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 (laughs) Nasir. If we're going through our characters, Zafira had, like, like, character growth. Nasir had character growth. Altair... Did he have character growth? I mean, I feel like he said this. You know what? You know what was funny about? <laughs> there's this part, and this is you know how we always like he's a sassy best friend. He always has all these innuendos, and there were a lot of innuendos he was throw yeah. throwing around in here, which made me which made me giggle. And there's this part where Nasir and Altair are going back and forth, and then Nasir says to Altair, um, "He refuses to come," and then he quickly realizes what his verbiage, and he goes, "He refuses to meet with you." <laughs> And it just, because you know, Altair was ready to be like, that's what she said. Ugh, <laughs> oh, Altair. See, he, he had, yeah. Well, he's the he, comic relief that a lot of us needed. Yeah, he's the comic relief. But now that I'm thinking about it, like he did, you know, he had his his whole like identity crisis when he was pr- in prison with the lion. And like he sympathized with the lion a little bit. And, you know, he he had all of that. Uh, we have Kifa, Yasmin. Yasmin. I love her. MVP. Oh, yeah. MVP. Uh, the Silver Witch, the Lion, Lan- uh, Lana, Aya, like, um, what, Safe? These are, these are like, main ones, right? These are our main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Yasmin. Yasmin is my queen here. Like, you know, I, I like Zafira for her, like, character and, like, what she does and, like, her story. But, like, Yasmin is the one that stands out to me. Yasmin is the one that is, uh, you know, the voice inside of of Zafira's head, too. You know, she, she's she got a lot going... Zafira's got a lot going on in her head. Yasmin was... From the first book, Yasmin was, like, that... Uh, even though she wasn't there as a character, she was still very much a character because she was that little that little voice of conscious, voice of reason, voice of just, like, little person on Zephyr's shoulder the whole first book um, because we really don't see her physically except, like, the first few chapters and then again in the epilogue. And here, Yasmin is involved very heavily in this book. Yeah. 
and, and she's great and she has such like good moments that and we'll get to that but i i really like the job a lot here and and it, it's it's difficult for me to kind of like i don't know explain why but i like as we know with um you know our our besties Kaven and our mm-hmm. other besties amber you know we love them so much um they are authors because they have talent and they are writing books about strong female characters that you know kind of go to the dark side and don't shy away from their powers and like actually do the thing right so and like, they lean into it. There's, yeah. there's like they're making no apo- like their characters do not make apologies for who they are and taking ownership of that. Exactly. So because I love them and I love that concept so much, I saw kind of a bit of that with um, as if you're a struggle with the Jawarat because she has this relationship with it it talks to her it it wants chaos it thrives in chaos you know it uh is powerful it has all of these memories and the the struggle that she has about like her darkness but like she's pure heart so how can she like get into her dark you know all her struggle with that i really enjoyed but i i am so confused about where it is now at the end of this book. Someone please tell me, where is it? Yeah, somebody please tell her because I can't. I feel like if you gave me a final exam right now on this book, I would get a 40 out of 100. So, I mean, I might be taking an incomplete for the class. So, um, I, I'm, I'm lost. But wait. Isn't is it in is it in her? Did she kind of like absorb it? No, maybe I'm just making that up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I I don't I don't know where is it because I know that the lions like memories and stuff are in it. I I know all of that. I know that she is like complete because she hears him and you know they're all together. But where is the book? Is it still? I don't know. And. You know, our problems with the end we'll get to later. But I don't I don't know. It was just it, it was interesting. But if we're talking about Zafira, something that I did really enjoy about Zafira is I liked how um Zafira and Nasir kind of uh, realized that uh, the, the easiest way to say is like not all of Fritz are the same. Like um they they are working with the the Afrit and they understand that he is like different and they can be allies and we can have this like united world right and they're all talking about like working together and at the end of this and and I liked that because I was not expecting any of them to work with an Afrit because that like the whole the whole thing is like you know they're coming to like take over but then but then they actually talk to each other it's like, no, you're the villain in my story. It's like, no, you're the villain in my story. It's like, oh, well, we can fix this. And and they talk about it. That seems similar to some of the books that we've read in the past. I mean, maybe that's typical with YA, that that genre of like, well, I mean, it goes with you have the miscommunication trope. And then it's, wait, we just communicated. Now we're, we, this makes more sense. Gosh. Um. Okay, so something that I feel like we really need to point out. 
something that's very on brand for us is the strong ass fucking women in this book. The women do all the heavy lifting. The women are just women. The, the stars of this book, right? Like as they should be, as they should be, as they should be. Because uh, they're most of the characters: Zafira, Lana, Yasmin, Kifa, the Silver Witch. And Aya, right? Those are our our main yeah. women. Like, damn, that's everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's awesome. And, and they, that's they do all s- I needed. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's pretty fantastic. And and in all of these women, you have like kind of different personalities and different aspects. And um, one of the women, I mean, besides Yasmin, that I really really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed Lana. And I enjoyed the the journey that Lana went on. You know, she starts off as like little sister. And at the end, she's like, you know, woman, although she's like 14, you know, whatever. Um, But something that I really enjoyed was watching Lana, who's a child, not only like deal with all of this trauma that's happening, right? Because this is trauma for a child. This is trauma for these these like adults, right? So not only is Lana like like hanging with the adults, dealing with the trauma, she's staying calm. She's like giving ideas, giving advice. Like she's contributing. She's contributing. And she is uh, like learning how to be a skilled healer, like on her own. Like that's what she wants to do. And on top of all of this, we get to see Lana deal with the betrayal of Aya, who is like a like a mother figure to her, because like her mother, you know, was like sick and like died. We didn't even mention like her mom died, like in this in this book. And their village is like raised to the ground. Um, so. I, I really enjoyed kind of like watching all of this through and we don't really get Lana's perspective, but we get, you know, we get her through the other characters and I enjoyed her a lot. And I feel like it's kind of a unique character um, because she's not super annoying. She's not the annoying little sister. Like, you know, she's yeah. like she's in it. She's not Dawn from Buffy. She's like pulling her weight and stuff. And I dig that. Yeah. One of the things that kind of solidified this as a book that has things happen that I was not expecting was when Aya did the betrayal, was when Zafira got shot with the arrow. How about the fact that Zafira was dead at some point and came back? Was dead at some point and came back because the Jarawa like knitted her back together and knit itself back together. Um, so all of these are like pretty fantastic moments, but they're not my favorite moments. Jess, do you have any like favorite moments? I feel like my favorite moments, it, it's kind of like when we, with our Dune episode, where I was saying like my favorite moment was like some of the quotes because the quotes felt very encompassing of my favorite parts in the book. Um, would be two quotes that really stuck out for me. Um one was it was um it was easy to believe that anyone who didn't speak of suffering did not suffer um uh, if you're listening to this episode if you've been following along with the podcast i think it's just it, it's very telling of us as individuals as our personalities that you know just because we might not have it out there all the time doesn't mean that that you're 
you're not going through it, whatever you may be going through, it's it's also a perfect example of, you know, you never know what somebody else is going through. Be kind. You're walk, walking in somebody else's shoes. I think it's just, I think it's so easy to, when you have people who are more vocal about their feelings, it's easy to put people who might be more introverted or maybe not as expressive to this, to you know, kind of push people aside. And I I really like that there was an acknowledgement there because it also, a lot of the characters in this story also, not only is it like applicable to real life, but like with this book is there was a lot of internal dialogue. A lot of, a lot of people are going through it, but nobody's actually talking about it. And that aligns with the miscommunication and but that doesn't mean it's not happening. I mean, a lot of the characters, there is loss, there is grief, there is guilt. They're all going through something, but all we know is the internal dialogue of it. And my second favorite quote was between uh, Zafira and Yasmin. And it was, you know, Zafira says, like, I don't need a man to complete me. And Yasmin says, no, we never do. Your happiness completes you. And I love that exchange between the two of them because, as we know from the first book, you know, um, there was an exchange between Yasmin and Zafira when Yasmin was getting married. And, you know, Zafira was like, look, that's not exactly what makes her happy. But she, but Yasmin acknowledges that, like, look, this, I understand that this, you know, or between each other, they understand that marriage isn't necessarily for Zephira and everybody's different and everybody's happily ever after is also different. But I like where Yasmin says, no, we never do because she, it, it feels like an inclusive we as opposed to making Zephira feel isolated that it's just her. You bring up so many good points. Oh my gosh. So many good points. Um, And excellent quotes. Absolutely excellent quotes. The points that you just made are very applicable to the points that I want to make. And we can both make them together after I make these little quotes. So you were saying that like the the internal dialogue is so heavy and the miscommunication is so heavy. And that is something that kind of bothered me here because I hate that. But it is kind of explained away. I don't know if you picked up on this. Um, it's explained away by Zafira talking to Nasir. And she goes, um, I understand in some way, she corrected, to have words collect on your tongue, but feel as if they aren't worth voicing, to feel as if no one wants to listen. So mm. that is the like, this is why they're not talking. This is why right. they're not. He doesn't feel worthy to like voice his thoughts um, because he was like so abused by his dad his like whole life that he is just like like shut down, which though just annoys me though because like, please just talk to each other. You have such beautiful thoughts, Nasir. Like please vocalize them because if you call her a gazelle again, I'm gonna lose my <laughs> fucking mind. You say like such fantastic thing. Okay, let me let me let me just. So this is not Nasir. I believe this is either Lana or Yasmin. Uh, I don't know him the way that you do, but I was there. I saw how he looks at you. If he's the darkness, then you're his moon. And the moon wasn't made to be caged. It's a beacon to behold, a relic to revere, to be loved. And I love that. That's a fantastic quote, right? Um, but then we have Nasir and Nasir, you know, you know, what's your favorite color? Nasir hits us with every color that makes you like, damn, Nasir, 
you can't, you can't just like hit me with that. But then he goes, you know, uh, earlier I can get on my knees for you. Um, uh, he goes, uh, you know, say any of those things to me, please. Yeah. Like I, I- <laughs> just, uh, okay. But then, okay, here, here's, here's, here's my other thing. And then I'll go back. Um, the the language of this book, of course, is really beautiful. You know, it is a, a touch flowery. Okay. Um, and this is the quote where they say the thing. And we, you know, we love that. But it's a little flowery for my taste. And I believe that um, uh, uh, Kifa says it. Uh, we're a Zumra. We hunted the flame together, found the light in the darkness. But we were far from done, la. Now we unleash it. Now we free the stars, shatter the darkness, holding us captive and return the world to the splendor that it was. And that's like building on hope because hope is like such a big like theme in this book. Um, But it brings me to the found family of it all. So we're, we're a Zumra, right? Like we are a found family, a found family that keeps dying, you know, kills off the not very important members. So we get our four core and that's fine for plot. Um, but this found family and, and a lot of other found families that I can think of, um, people really love this for being like an authentic kind of, you know, like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a found family, but it's like, I trust you. You trust me. We fight, we come back together and everything, but, um, they are deeply trauma bonded here. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, do you feel like the trauma bond is what makes the found family for this story? For this story, yeah, I definitely feel like the trauma bond between most of the characters, you know, like started off in the first one. And then this one, it just like they just build on top of it because all these terrible things keep happening and they're all like there to witness it for each other. So like, what are they supposed to do? Like break up and go go to other people that like don't understand what's going on. So, of course, they're going to like, you know, tie the bonds like tighter and tighter and tighter. Um, but is, is is that healthy? Is that a healthy thing? I mean, yes, it's fiction. That, yes, it's fiction. Here, here, here's here's where I'm. Like the last time, I feel like we really talked about trauma bonding. What and found family trope was with was in our serpent and dove episodes, like all three of them, and I feel like that was very much a again not every relationship was trauma bonded. I think of um, Coco and Lou, like they were child, not only was it childhood friends, because there there can be an argument with childhood friends where you could say like, you're only friends because you knew each other since childhood. Beyond that, there's no likeness. Um, but they weren't trauma bonded. It was a genuine friendship it maintained to be a genuine friendship. Did they go through some shit together? Yeah, but I don't consider their relationship trauma bond. Everybody, how, however, most people in that group, the quote unquote found family trope in that series was because of trauma bonding and a shared goal. And that kind of, like, maybe, maybe that's where, like, some of the similarities were here. Because in the first book, I didn't feel like it was a found family. It found, it felt like a group of people with a similar, with a similar goal, but it didn't feel like a family to me. 
which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying like it has like books have to have a found family trope. I just it, it just didn't it didn't hit the way I thought it, you know, some found family tropes did. Like, you know, it's like show, not say, show, not tell. <laughs> well, and you give a really fantastic example, too, because then you could also say that Yasmin and Zamira are not trauma bonded um, because they no. were childhood friends. So right. it's, it's like very like similar in, in that that way, which makes it. I mean, it, our favorite relationship, you know, even like with as much criticism as we have in that trilogy, the one thing that maintained consistent was our love for the friendship and the relationship that Coco and Lou had. And I feel the same that can be said with this book with Yasmin and Zafira. Oh, definitely. Their their interactions and their relationship and and just Zafira's like fear about deal like telling her about Dean and and the fight that they have. Like I feel like those are some of the best parts of the book for me. Uh because for whatever reason, the romance just didn't click for me, but this relationship did. But maybe that is, maybe like, as we're talking it out, maybe that is what it, what didn't do it for you. Because like you said, on paper, everything is there, just like the other book. But the common denominator in both of those was the trauma bonding. And as like, we're when we started talking about the podcast, you were saying, like, imagine reevaluating things that we love or, like, YA things in general and looking at it from an adult perspective, looking at it with, like, this lived experience lens, right? And maybe where we are at in our lives now, the fact that we can recognize a trauma bond isn't necessarily healthy. Maybe that's where our disconnect is. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that, that that might be it. Because, like, we do really love the ones that aren't trauma bonded. Like, and the criticism that we have, that's the common denominator there. Yeah, yeah. And, like, reads a Chad, but... But, but like, but that's, nobody's yeah. a Chad here. Nobody's a Chad here. Nasir is, like, the farthest thing from She's a Chad. so he, wonderful. And gorgeous and, like, brooding and, and just, you know, goes through all of this. And, and he's, like, a, like, a, like, a, what did I read in someone's review? He, they said he's, like, a poet. He's, like, a poet trapped inside, right? Like, he, he has all of these, like, as, you know, beautiful things. He, he just can't express them. So... I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But what I want to kind of talk about as one of my favorite parts is this really authentic fight that, um, Yasmin and Zafira have. And, and it, it was, and necessary. Yeah. Not only was it good, it was necessary. Yeah. Like Yasmin at this point has, has like had and like seen enough. Right. And she's just like, him? You're in love with him over my brother, my good brother. He's he would have done anything for you, did everything for you, and you threw him away and are in love with the Prince of Death. It, it was so good. I feel like it was one of the first times, and maybe my mind is just blanking, that we saw actual communication happening even though it was like with emotion not that like any not that communication has to be stagnant and you know without feeling um but 
it it was built on anger and frustration and it would have just simmered and boiled if it didn't come out the way it did. And I think it was necessary. Yeah, it it really, really was. And it, it didn't like clear the air like they left angry, you know, but but I've it was more authentic to me than 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 these other like found family relationships that we have like the. I don't Everything's know. perfect. Hey, we're a family. Yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like, but I think that's also like that's very. This is also very relatable with the fact that their relationship is very sisterly. They're very much like best friends. But it also shows that you could communicate. You could be frustrated, and later down the line, you know, you both go into your corners to cool down for a moment. But that doesn't mean. And it's like we were talking about in Light Mage. Um, everybody, take a breather. That doesn't mean I love you any less. We just. We need to cool it for a second and we'll come back. You know, I I do, even though it left unresolved, it still felt very real. And it doesn't it doesn't take away from the characters either. Talking it out, talking it out on paper, her Zafira's relationship with Kifa would be very similar. They have that kind of relationship. They read each other like they don't, you know, they can kind of tell they're there for each other. But like. That is a very deep trauma bond there. And it didn't, I don't know. I think, I think my, my issue with Kifa is that every time she speaks, she says it like, oi, like, oi, oi. Like, that's, uh, it's like, okay, I know you have a wonderful vocabulary. You, you know, like, please give me something else. Um, you know, give me your beautiful, like, thoughts and, and your, like, feelings and things. You, you don't have to say oi all the time. But like that relationship, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But the, the thing that I don't feel like is talked a lot about in this book, because I feel like, oh, the romance is really all anybody talks about, um, is all of the characters are going through a lot of like growth and, and their own like personal journeys. But like grief is very deep, it has its hooks very, very deep in these characters. And, um, you know, Zephira is riddled with guilt and grief over everything. I mean, Queen Yasmin over here is a widow and an orphan. Like, holy shit. Um, it like everybody has some sort of guilt going on and they're like processing it in their own, like, in their own way, but like Lana is the only one that is kind of like, you don't have to feel bad about this. Like, like this wasn't like, she's like, this wasn't you or like, this isn't your fault. Or like, she's the voice of reason here. Why everybody is like, is like seeping in their own like shit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. But she also brings a, a, a different perspective perspective that she wasn't in the first book right right so like her perspective of being able to be objective about this in a way also like it's she's that voice of giving everybody permission because she i don't want to say she was she wasn't in it with them that doesn't mean that she wasn't handling things the all her own things but she was like, it's okay. Like, it makes absolute sense why y'all are feeling the way you do. Did you end up feeling bad for the lion? Why would I? Was I with his, to? like, backstory? Like, no. with his dad, like, being stoned in front of him and, like, his, like, his whole situation? Did you end up feeling bad for him? No? 
No. no. I think that's just because I'm going through my own shit right now. And I was like, good. Yeah. It's like everybody. <laughs> everybody's in it. We're all in it. <laughs> We're all in it. We're all in it. We're all. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I feel like his story of, um, you know, he, he was so consumed with, uh, you know, his revenge and his, like, knowledge and, like, making himself, like, into this thing that he forgot, like, the whole reason for it. And he, you know, he didn't have a heart and, like, that whole, you know, like, plot story that we have going on. Um, I, I found that to be very interesting because um, of something that Zephira says at the end where she says, you know, uh, the in the aftermath of war, no one talks about how the heroes... Um, miss the villains, right? Because it gives you... Like a sense of purpose. Well, it, and we talked about this in Priory. It gives you like a uniting force, like a goal, right? To keep everybody together and like work towards and to like hope towards. And like when that is gone and you have to deal with like the day-to-day drudgery, um, it that's when the hard, like the really hard stuff happens because um, you don't have this like... Like, well, it's it's funny you say that because I'm thinking of um, maybe it, it was one of our Serpent and Dove episodes um, where we talk about Lou and Reed say, you know, oh, Lou's, uh, Reed's mother is saying, like, you take the basically you take this chaos away. What is your relationship? You know, and I feel like I've seen a meme about it, uh, about um and it's in regards to comic books and Batman and his villains that he's always after. If he, I mean, if you think about it, he literally could just like lock everybody up in in prison, but then he, where would be his sense of purpose be? Like, where would that United front happen? Everybody's in jail. Now he's just sitting in his back cave. Like that's, <laughs> he could easily just throw the Joker away. Yeah. I I really enjoy this because Zephyr is talking about like the aftermath of war and the aftermath of like ruling and the end of this book. <sighs> yeah, we have some issues here, but the the end of this book, I feel, and Jess, I think you feel too. Everybody that we have like read and like seen loves this as like a happily ever after kind of like ending. I read this as a enormous disconnect. Uh, between the two of them. Well, I, I feel like there's two endings that we have going on. You have um, Altair and Kifa's ending, like wrapping up that story. And then you have um, Nasir and uh, Zafira's ending too. I, I think, I guess we'll start with Nasir and Zafira. I was already frustrated that he had the last words in the book but that's just because you know us and being like go women and she was the MC this whole book and he's gonna have the final line like that was just me being like that that's how it ended um then there's the whole like oh I, you know I can't live without you blah 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 like I want you to be my queen like I can't do this you know why can't you do this without me and like okay and then I do like the line where she goes he goes, I want you to be mine. And she's like, well, no. What if I want you to be mine? I'm like, okay, what is this, high school? But then again, yes. 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 <laughs> um, um, but you brought up a good point about where they were mentally. Because it's still, again, where we find where they are. It's it's only internal dialogue that's happening. Yeah. 
It's only internal dialogue that's happening. And I guess you could argue and say that, like, they're balancing each other out, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it, when I read this, I read this as, like, she, Zafira, is, like, full of guilt because she's alive when all of these people died. And she's, like, like crushing under this, like, pressure of, like, having, like, she has to make her life like worth something because all of these people died for her and she's and she's like there. And then Nasir is just like as happy as a fucking clam, right? Like he he's just like I'm alive because and all, because all these other people are alive and like we're going to go all do all these great things. They are not on the same they're page. They're not on the same page. So if you're saying like they're going to balance each other like uh, fine. Okay. I'm not going to argue with, I'm not arguing with anybody about anything about this. I'm just saying that when I read this, I was like, damn, this is not a heavily, happily ever after. This is a, someone's breaking up in a couple months. <laughs> like, like, uh, I don't know. What did you think? <laughs> Talking it out. It almost reminds me of, you know, where there's the PTSD, their trauma bonded with Feyre and Tamlin, they're not talking. They are both very much in different places. They're not talking it out. Obviously, they don't work out down the line. Um, and it, it's just, it makes, I, I, I think what it is, is that where we've discussed about it in previous episodes, it's the the real life of it all, right? In real life, this would not work down the line in the long run of things. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, yeah. I also agree. I think that's what it is. And it's just like, ugh. I do like, I do like that Nasir isn't Sultan and he gave it to Altair and he gave his big speech. I like that. I like his, I like Altair and like Kifa. I like the little kind of weird thing that's going, maybe could go on with Yasmin and Altair. Like there were hints to that. Like it's weird, but I would be there for the fireworks and the banter and the drama. Like I would, that's interesting. I wonder if there's a con, if anything's being, um, tease like a novella of the two of them just like I wanted a novella of Coco and Bo Bo yeah yeah I see, wanted that yeah, I want the, I, I would love that I would love you know Altair and Yasmin trying to like work out like the weird guilt and everything but then the like fiery banter and then yeah, I would love that um I and I do like that Nasir like comes full circle he comes full circle he goes back um, and becomes the the caliph of the uh, what what is it? So, so, caliphate? Yeah, but what it's like? Sor Sor. It's not Sorison. It's Saracen. It's Saracen. Oh. It's Saracen. Uh, it's not Sorison. That's our friend. It's Saracen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that the whole time. Uh, so he goes back there and he like vows to you know make it right because you know he killed the the uh, the other one. So like that's full circle. Everything's kind of full circle. But you know, I I don't know. I I don't know. I have to reread this. I think I want to. Yeah. I think my reread needs to come with a physical book. Yes. That's what I've yeah. decided. This needs to. I don't think I need a reread for We Hunt the Flame. But this one, yeah. I want to reread with the book and the freaking highlight. Like, I want the physical book. I'm not going to do the ebook. I want the physical book with a highlighter and just, like, yeah, damage the shit out of it. 
Yeah, break the spine, because all the things. I need to do, I need to I do need it. To. Yeah, I need that. I need a freaking map. I need, I need, oh. I need a map that I can like, fi- like, as you said, like physically, like these are all the things that I need. So, um, I guess if you want to get into like a final thoughts on this book, my final thoughts are on, on this book are I, there was a disconnect for me here. I think it was because of the audio. I, I didn't, everybody hits on this. I didn't hit on this. Um, maybe we do it. Another experiment. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we, and we both, because the last experiment we did was, you know, the switching the of switching. it. But we do the experiment rereading, mm-hmm. not like full, like not even along with the audio, full, just traditional reading of this book and kind of like follow up with maybe a bonus episode or something about a recap. What was our experience like the second time around with a different way that we consume the material. I think that's an absolutely excellent idea because so many people love this. Like, and not just like, and not just a casual love. Yeah. Like it is uh, the, the reactions that the sobbing, the crying, like I want to be like, I want want to feel that. And then I see like, even if I see if you type in like quotes or something and you read them on paper, they are, like you said, like he is this poet. He is, he is the Will Herondale of this story. And I want that. I want to feel that. Yeah. I want to do that too. So that, that's an absolutely excellent idea. That will be a bonus episode in the future. Uh, probably way future. <laughs> um, just just for scheduling reasons, for no other reasons as that. Um, but it will be done. Um, because let's give this the justice that everybody says that it deserves. Yeah. Because I know, I, because we know it's there. We it's know there. it's there. It's it's there. It just it just didn't hit with us in the audio. But we will try again with the physical. Yeah. Cool. So I think final thoughts. In addition to what we just went through, I think it's safe to say that, like, women, right? I mean, we could come, we could say, like, I don't know. I just, I love Yasmin and Zafira's relationship. I go back to the quote. I go back to the quote that I love. I don't need a man to complete me. No, we never do. Your happiness completes you. And I think that should be shared and celebrated everywhere. Yeah, that like that is that is the quote. I stopped, like I hit pause when I heard that. Uh-huh. And I was like, "This is it. This is it. Uh-huh. this is the episode. Like that. This is it. Yeah. Uh, this is you know. It was one of those times where it's like, yes, this is why everyone loves this. Mm-hmm. Like, like this. It's 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 there. And yeah, women. Like we we love the women. They make the story. They Just make like the story. Yeah. If you took the women out of this. The story would be absolutely completely flat because the the sisters of old, like we didn't even like, you know, the sisters of old are the whole fucking thing. There so, we go. Now we know another focal focus point when we do the traditional reading. There you go. There you go. <sighs> so feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. Feel free to give us a follow and interact. We appreciate it. And if you'd be so kind enough to leave a review, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.